Christmas decor was up in stores before trick-or-treating began this year. You grandparents have already finished your Christmas shopping for the little ones in your family. I know it, you've told me. And you parents have been eagerly helping your kiddos write letters to Santa. It's after Thanksgiving, so even I have my Christmas tree up. Our society is well into its Christmas season by now. In our culture, we can get so excited preparing for Christmas Day, getting the snowy Christmas village out while Jimmy Buffett's Christmas Island album plays in the background, battling the lines at our local Target to get the newest and greatest toy, frantically wrapping whatever weird present your husband picked up for the next white elephant party. We can lose ourselves in these preparations. But... What exactly are we preparing for? Because even though we can say we're preparing for Christ's birthday, because he liked presents, right? What we're really preparing for has nothing to do with what Christmas is about. The gospel today reminds us that Jesus does not just enter our lives as a baby lying in the manger, but that we truly anticipate Christ's advent in three ways. Of course, we know Christmas is about the birth of Jesus— But as expressed in today's gospel, we also expect Christ's return one day, the second coming of Christ. In addition, we hope for the third advent of Christ, the daily coming of Christ into our hearts. And while today's gospel has Jesus telling his folks to specifically be prepared for the day he will return again, for the day when the world will pass away and we will stand before Christ, Jesus' advice is good for preparing ourselves for all three advents, his birth, his return, and his making a home in our hearts. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. It's almost like Jesus is able to look thousands of years into the future and name some of our biggest distractions. Or, more like, human nature has not changed much from Jesus' day to our own. Our cultural Christmas season is full of dissipation, which can mean anything from overconsumption to waste to debauchery. And, of course, drunkenness. And when we aren't feasting and drinking and making merry, we switch to the other side of the coin and fret about the worries of this life. While we have our share of drunkenness and overconsumption, the one that should concern us most of all is the final warning. We live in a culture that makes anxiety, worry, busyness acceptable, even praiseworthy. As such, we can lose ourselves in having to be the perfect Pinterest holiday mom, in being the dad who is constantly overscheduled, or in being the person who is so important that they can't possibly RSVP to an event lest something better come along. This leaves no room for God in your life. Those of you who attended yesterday's Advent prayer retreat got to spend some time with Martha and Mary. And honestly, Martha really is the poster child for most of us as we power through the Advent season. Jesus is physically sitting in Martha's house. 
And all Martha can think about is how the green bean casserole needs to come out in 10 minutes, but then be tinted under tinfoil so it'll stay warm while the sweet potato casserole goes in. Meanwhile, all Jesus wants Martha to do is to sit at his feet and enjoy his company. When we are so worried with the tangible, with the worldly, we miss the grace, the joy, and the peace and knowing that Christ is coming. Advent is a time for us to ask ourselves and to ask God, as we sit in holiday traffic for the next light parade, or as we change the sheets on the guest bed for yet another family member. Are we preparing for the coming of Christ? Or are we so caught up in the feasting and the drinking and the worry that we completely miss the point? Silence is something we don't find in our culture much these days. When we're at home, we often turn on the TV or the sounds of family permeate our house. When we're in the car, we have the radio or podcasts. Whether work or leisure, we are often surrounded by people or our own mind seems to be constantly jumping from subject to subject. Sometimes we can feel just a little bit like the Grinch as we're surrounded by the noise of the jing-tinglers, flu-flubblers, tartinkers, hoo-hoobas, and garginkas. That is the beauty of our churches, of having a sacred space that is separate from the world. That is the beauty of our liturgy, which makes room for waiting, for anticipation, for breath. And that is the beauty of Advent. For four weeks, we are reminded to get silent. For some of you, that means getting up early or staying up late. For others, it will mean commuting in silence. Start with finding just five minutes a day in your life to examine your hearts and to eagerly anticipate the coming of Christ. In those moments of silence, we should be checking in with ourselves. Do you have something that is weighing you down lately? Do you have some place you feel you are failing? Some situation you wish you had handled better? Is there something pulling you away from making God a priority in your life? This is called an examination of conscience. Because we get quiet so infrequently, our brain will often wake us up in the middle of the night with these kinds of thoughts. Instead, give your brain some time in the daytime to check in with yourself. While painful at first, you may find that you end up sleeping better. Then, be reconciled to God. In the Episcopal Church, we can do that in two ways. We pause before the general confession in the liturgy so that you can recall all those things you needed to bring before God. Call them to mind and then pray each word of the prayer found on page 360 with intention. Listen to the words of absolution pronounced by the priest and feel the burden lift off of your heart. This is why we say the general confession each service. There's always an opportunity for us to be reconciled to God. Sometimes, though, we have burdens weighing on our soul that we can't quite give up. We carry them around in our hearts, and they take up the room Jesus would occupy. If that is the case, come see Father Donovan or me for private confession. God knows our sins, and he loves us anyway. 
But for us to make room for Jesus, we first need to dump the baggage we carry around within us. Finally, use the silence to turn toward God. Pick up an Advent devotional and read a page a day. Build an Advent wreath and do a short service at your home with your family every Sunday night. Pick up a new prayer form or just start praying. Go ahead, shop, party, and make merry this holiday season. But also make your relationship with Christ a priority this Advent. This is our new year, so set some resolutions. In seminary, it was easy to get caught up in everything that was going on. As in any academic environment, we students were more competitive than any of us like to admit. But we also had an opportunity to show off how pious we could be. We would talk about who was in chapel and who was in the library. We would talk about who attended the extra lecture from a visiting professor or who was picking up extra services at their field education site. You could get so caught up with trying to be the most academic, the most devoted, the most holy seminarian on the mountain, that you would lose track of the small, still voice that called you to seminary in the first place. Very early on, I heard a mantra that I would repeat to myself when I felt like I was spinning out of control. Keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. This holiday season, you will inevitably have plenty of debauchery and parties and anxieties of this life clouding up your advent. And that is okay. But keep the main thing the main thing. Make sure you spend a few moments each day in silence. Examine your heart. Ask God to help you create room just for him. And get ready for the coming of Christ.